the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of the greatest Catholics, Christians that I have met today are those who actually converted from maybe a different sect of Christianity or maybe a different religion. You always find, like, anytime I'm preparing a couple and maybe uh, one of the people is, is not Catholic but wants to convert, uh, preparing a couple for marriage, I mean, and the other one wants to convert, it's so funny because I end up seeing that the person who is converting being so much more into their faith and knowing the faith more than the Chaldean or the Catholic. There is this excitement. There is this fire inside of them. Now, why is that? I would say that for those of us who maybe grew up Catholic, just kind of used to it, maybe we become a little too comfortable. Maybe we just get a little too comfortable. Now, the whole kind of idea of Christianity that oftentimes we can forget is to conform our lives to Christ. Yesterday, we, uh, we celebrated the Feast of St. Joseph. Now, if you look at the life of St. Joseph, you'll see a man who was willing to convert and conform and transform his life to God. I'm going to make a little bit of a stretch here. St. Joseph is kind of like the first son in the gospel today. The father goes to the first son and he says to him, go work. Go work in my vineyard. And he says, I won't go. I don't want to go. But then he thinks about it and he goes. Now, St. Joseph, even though, of course, he did the will of God, he never said no to God, he actually wrestled with God in the beginning. You'll notice that in the very beginning, after he sees that Mary is now pregnant, and now all of a sudden this beautiful, amazing woman that he had pictured in his mind is no longer that woman. And all of a sudden she's pregnant. I know I didn't touch her. Everything shatters. This whole world shatters. Now, St. Joseph in this, in his fear, in his confusion, maybe even in his doubt, maybe he doubted Mary. We don't know. We don't know exactly why, why St. Joseph wanted to divorce her. But we do see that there is this reluctance, there is a resistance to do God's will. Now, after, of course, he does, he accepts and he does God's will. However, he still wrestles. Even after he says yes to God, we see that he still struggles. There is still a fight inside of him. His humanity is still struggling. Now imagine, he says yes. Then he has to go and take Mary to Bethlehem. Then he has to find a place for baby Jesus to be born. This is the king of kings coming into the world, and all he can provide is a cave. You can imagine, in his humanity, he's probably struggling. Then he has to get up really fast, and he's got to go and take the, the, the Holy Family into Egypt. These are long, really, really long journeys, by the way. Could take up to months. Sleeping on the floor, probably not eating very much. And then he has to go and find a house in some random country. He doesn't speak the language. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't have, like, cousins that he can call, right? He doesn't know what to do. 
he still continues to trust. He still continues to say yes, even though deep down inside, he's wrestling with this. I think whenever we think about Mary and Joseph, we always think that like they were like these angels. Everything was easy for them. But St. Joseph, in his humanity, he struggles. Now, after all of this, he recognizes, he sees that his, his Christianity, his following God's will, is not going to be comfortable. Now, I think that just makes all of us a little uncomfortable, just hearing those words. That Christianity, following God's will, oftentimes is not comfortable. It challenges us. It's like going against the current. And oftentimes we can even look at our lives and we can look at St. Joseph's life and we can see all of these difficulties that came his way and we can begin to think, you know what, God, do you just want us to be miserable? Like, I don't get it. Like, is life just supposed to be miserable? No, absolutely not. God doesn't want us to be miserable. God didn't want St. Joseph to be miserable. However, he knows that our human nature has a resistance to him. Because us as humans, we doubt God. We don't believe that God is good, 100%. There's a part of us that questions God. And so, you and I, in our Christianity, we have to be, we have to be ready to convert. Convert. Conversion. If you and I are not following Jesus because we're looking for Jesus to convert our hearts, to convert us from the inside out, then we're putting on a show. Jesus does not need a show. Now, in this, the whole reason why God wants to change us is not because we're bad. You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, Father, we're just so bad. Deep down, we are all good. However, there is bad in us. And God is not trying to change us because he thinks we're bad, but he's trying to change the bad in us and bring something beautiful out of it. That's what God is trying to do with us. However, we have to cooperate. Like St. Joseph. Even though he felt like he was going against the current, even though it was difficult, even though it was hard, and it went against his comfort, he still chose it. He still laid his will down for God. Sometimes Christianity, sometimes following God, is really distasteful. When you know that you have to do something, you have to follow God, oftentimes when you're choosing God's will, it's, so, it's like something that you don't like, food that you don't like. For me, unfortunately, it would be, and I'm really embarrassed to say this, but I really don't like sushi, okay? And I'm really embarrassed to admit that I don't like sushi, because it's like a thing, you know, like you have to like sushi to be cool, you know. I don't like sushi. Like, what do you want me to do? Uh, Father, I'm going to bring you the best sushi. I'm going to bring you samurai sushi. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't like sushi. I don't know what to tell you, okay. Oftentimes, following God's will tastes like sushi. Okay. Following God can taste like you're eating sushi, at least in my world, Okay. Now, we can look at the other son. The other son, he says, yeah, of course I'll go work for you, Dad. But what happens? 
He doesn't actually go. Now, this other son here is just putting on a show for his father. He wants to say yes because he wants to win his father's approval. He wants to perform good. He wants to do the right thing, say the right thing so that he can get what he wants out of his dad. But really, there's really no genuine desire to please his father. There's no real love for his father. He's just trying to kind of pat himself on the back like, yeah, I told my dad, yeah, right? But really, deep down inside, he's not willing to do anything about it. He doesn't want to show. He doesn't actually want to live out his love. He just kind of says it. This can be many of us who very easily, we know how to say the right words to God. We say the right prayers to God. We might even come to church and we may even donate and we might even, you know, come to church and, and uh, you know, serve the church and do all these great, beautiful things. But deep down inside, we're not actually here because we want God to convert us, to change us. We're just kind of putting on a show for God. We're, taking, we're giving God lip service. Yes, God. But deep down inside, we don't really want to change. Now, it's okay that we don't want to change. But you know what? Sometimes I don't feel like getting up and doing what I got to do. But guess what? We wake up and we do what we got to do, don't we? That's the same exact thing when we follow the will of God, when we're following Jesus. Now, oftentimes, this saying yes to God, but not really doing anything, leads us into a spiritual paralysis. In the spiritual world, we call it being lukewarm. Not being hot, not being cold, just kind of being in the middle, not really caring. Now, you know what Jesus says about being lukewarm, right? You know, in the book of Revelations, Jesus says that how I wish you were either hot or I wish you were cold. I do not like lukewarm. I want to spit you out of my mouth. Now, what are signs of a lukewarm Christian? I'll give you some signs. And these are struggles that I think all of us, including myself, we can all fall into. So we need to be aware so that we don't fall into becoming lukewarm Christians. The very first sign is a person who puts off prayer says, oh yeah, yeah I'm going to pray. I'm going to you know, do my readings today or I'm going to read the Bible today. I'm going to do my rosary today. And then, yeah, yeah, I'm going to put this in. Oh, I got to do this first. And I got to do this first. And then before you know it, you're like saying your prayers and you fall asleep and then you actually really didn't talk to God. You just keep putting it off and then you don't do anything about it. Everything, you have time for everything else in your day, but to spend 15, 20, half hour with God, we don't have it. We're busy. It's a sign of becoming lukewarm. Another sign is someone who maybe goes to prayer and does all of their practices, their religious practices. However, they do them simply to just check off the box. They do it out of obligation because they think if I don't do these prayers, God's not going to bless me. Right? They just do them just to kind of make themselves even feel better. Like, oh, I did that. Right? Taking pride almost. I did all my prayers. But really, they're not bringing their heart to God. They're not actually speaking. There's no real actual conversation with God. It's just a matter of, here's my list, here's my script. God, I'm going to say these words to you, and then you bless me, and then, you know, we made a good deal, and that's it. 
No wonder why people don't want to pray, right? That's miserable. It's not a conversation. Another sign is somebody who makes light of sin. Mortal sin, venial sin. Oh, no, no big deal, Father. I mean, you know, just like, you know, just gossip here and there. It's no big deal, right? Somebody who's always trying to justify sin, making it seem like it's not really a big deal. Oh, Father, I just missed a couple weeks at Mass. No big deal. The person who very easily can point out the sins of other people, right? But to acknowledge their own sins is almost like it's offensive. Like this person is a person who when you call them out, they get offended. Like, how dare you tell me this? Who do you think you are? I didn't do that. Who does the priest think he is to tell me how to live my life? I don't know if y'all figured it out, but I don't, did y'all not get the memo? That's why I'm here. Hello? Right? Like, what do people think the priest is here for? Like, the, the purpose is to preach the gospel. And oftentimes the truth that we are sinful is offensive to us. We're sensitive. So this person who wants to be in denial about their sin and constantly just look at everybody else's sin, right? You know what I say, Chaldeans? We deserve an Oscar award for the way that we are able to see other people's sins and gossip about them. Oscar awards, everybody. Everybody gets an Oscar award today. We're professionals. But to look at ourselves first, we don't know how to do it. We make excuses. We justify That's a sign of being lukewarm. Not really wanting to change. Another sign is a person who doesn't want to actually change their surroundings when they know that their surroundings lead them to a bad place. For example, I know that these these certain friends of mine, they always influence me to do things that I really don't want to do, but I'm not willing to say no to them. I'm not willing to, to not go out with them. I'm not willing to to actually cut these people out of my life. Another sign is somebody who's afraid of admitting that they really truly believe everything that the Catholic Church believes, especially when people are sitting and gossiping and talking about the church and trashing the church and trashing the priest. But then we go along with it and we act, we want to fit in, we want to act cool. So we start gossiping about the church and we start trashing the church and saying, yeah, I don't know, the church makes things up, right? But really deep down inside, we know the church is right. (laughs) It's another sign of being a lukewarm Catholic. Now these are all signs and these are all struggles that all of us struggle with. How do we grow? How do we actually not just say the words, but really do it, I would say that if St. Joseph was necessary and good enough for Jesus, then he's good enough for us. I would say that we should turn to St. Joseph in our prayer life and ask St. Joseph to be our coach, to be our guide, to pray for us and to teach us how in those moments when, when following God is difficult and it tastes like sushi, right? to lay our will down, to allow God to convert me, allow God for me to be like clay in God's hand. What is clay if it becomes hard? Can God actually mold it? Can God actually do something with clay if it turned hard? No. What God wants to do is he wants to mold us and make us into his image. 
So we should turn to St. Joseph. Ask St. Joseph, teach us St. Joseph, help us St. Joseph to not just say words to God, but to really give God our hearts, to give every single part of us, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all of us, just like St. Joseph did. So that we cannot just say the words, but really live the words and really become true Christians, converted, heart, mind, body, and soul to God, like St. Joseph. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.